Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I want to invite you to enter the Small Biz Chat Podcast Giveaway Contest for the next 30 days. Starting today, you'll have the chance to win amazing prizes if you subscribe to the podcast. All you need to do is take a screenshot after you subscribe to the Small Biz Chat Podcast and tag me, Small Biz Lady, on Twitter or Instagram. Once a week, I'll select a winner, and you have a chance to win one of my autographed books, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, or Fix Your Business, Or you might even get a chance to win one of my limited edition Small Biz Chat Podcast t-shirts. Don't delay. Subscribe to the Small Biz Chat Podcast today. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, and I am so excited to welcome you to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Now, let me tell you how this is going to work. We are going to be featuring wonderful interviews with small business experts and book authors every week. But once a month, I am going to do a solo diary podcast. So it's going to be called a Small Biz Lady Diary. And that is actually the kind of podcast I'm going to be recording today. You know, I realized that I have been the small business lady over 12 years and I have a brand that reaches millions of people each week online. But there are still some of you out there that do not know my story. You don't know how I became the small biz lady. And I wanted to share that with you because every time I tell the story, someone tells me that it touched them or that it inspired them. And so I wanted to make sure that all of the people listening to my podcast knew why in the heck they should be listening to me, right? So I, you know, my name is Melinda Emerson and I have been an entrepreneur over 20 years ago, but about seven, eight, Yeah, I guess seven, eight years into my business, you know, something miraculous happened to me. I became pregnant with my only child, my son, Jojo. And in doing so, I ended up with a high-risk pregnancy. I ended up on bed rest. And this was about 2005, 2006. And I got to tell you, Wi-Fi was not what it is today. You know, it wasn't like I could sit in my house and still work from my laptop, like no big deal. I had to be from home. Back in the day, you got sent home and got put on bed rest. You were just at home unless you operated a home-based business. And by that point, I was located in offices in downtown Philadelphia. I had seven, eight employees. My husband at the time worked full-time in the business as well. So our entire livelihood came from this business. And obviously, I was the, the the CEO, chief rainmaker. But when I got put on bed rest, I got to tell you, it put the brakes and almost the kibosh on, on everything. I basically went from being the worst workaholic you ever met to, to being put on bed rest for six months in my house. And that was pretty rough for me because, first of all, the reason why I got put on bed rest was because they thought my child had a heart condition. So I had to go to the hospital three times a week and get testing done. And every week we would fail the test. Like for those of you that are moms out there, how many of you guys ever had a stress test? Well, I had a stress test 
every single week and me and my baby would fail the stress test every week. So you know how some people only got ultrasound pictures in their 20 week ultrasound? Well, not me. I got pictures every single week of the inside. So I got a chance to fall in love with my baby one ultrasound picture at a time. But at the same time, it, it was very serious. You know, my child they didn't know what was going on, his little heart rate, they never could get it to accelerate. And it was very, very stressful. But the other thing too is how I had been living my life up until that point was very, very stressful. I'm not kidding. I was a really bad workaholic. I actually used to leave, I would leave church on Sunday and go to my office and work five more hours. I was that bad. I mean, you could call my office at nine o'clock at night and people would literally answer the phone like it was three o'clock in the afternoon. Not only was I a workaholic, but I actually demanded that my whole team kind of be workaholics too. And it just wrecked havoc everywhere in my life. And, and so certainly, you know, in my marriage, which did end up dissolving. And I don't know that my, my business habits killed my relationship, but I, it probably finished killing it. So I think it's really important for you to think about first and foremost, you know, what kind of life you want to have as an entrepreneur, because if you're not careful, your business can not only become your mistress, it can become all consuming to your entire life. And that is not why we start businesses, right? We start businesses so that we can live our dream life. But let me tell you what happened when I got put on bed rest and I basically couldn't work you know, my business end up, you know, kind of being in a shambles because if I wasn't there to make rain, like there wasn't anybody else really making rain, you know, my employees would do anything I asked them, but nobody kind of proactively did anything. So while I was at home having my baby, trying to get my son here, you know, I almost lost my business. And, but the good thing about all of that happening was when I got put on bed rest, it was the first time I had actually stopped to really think about my life and think about my business and how I had been running my business. And I am a freak about handwriting things. I, I'm not big on dictating things or typing things on computer. I actually have tons and tons of yellow rule pads in my life and all over my office and all over my house. And I think it's from when I was a kid, my dad always had yellow roll tablets in, in his office. And so I am addicted to yellow roll pads. They can't even be white. They have to be yellow because I'm always writing things down. I'm always thinking about the next things I want to do or, you know, how I want to organize something. And, and I get my best inspiration when I'm looking at a yellow roll pad for some reason. But anyway, when I was home on bed rest, I started writing down all the expensive lessons I had learned in my business, literally. And the list was so long. Like when I got finished feverishly writing, I, it took over like two or three days to write everything down that I could remember. And when I got everything down, I was like, wow, this is a really long list. And, 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 and it was a sobering list because when I kind of looked at it and I read through it, I was like, dang, I shouldn't have made these many, this many mistakes. And, but the reason why it was a good thing is because it gave me inspiration. Like I realized that I would have run my business better if I had had better advice. But I got to tell you guys, like in the early 2000s, there really weren't a lot of people out here giving small business advice. Certainly there were people that were writing books, you know, Michael Gerber had written the E-Myth and, you know, some people like that, there were people that had written books, but there, but there wasn't anyone 
in the media every day, sort of like giving small business advice. There certainly was people out there giving financial advice. You know, there was Susie Orman, there was my, my buddy G Chasky from the Today Show. I mean, there were people talking about your money and your money management and 401ks and all this kind of stuff, but there was nobody saying, hey, if you build a better mousetrap, if you have an idea for a better mousetrap, I'm going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to tell you how to maximize it. I'm going to tell you how to, you know, leave your corporate job. There was no one out there in my sphere really talking about that. And it was interesting because at the very beginning of my career, my, my actually undergrad degree is in broadcast journalism. I was a television producer originally, and I got my dream job very young. I hated it. You know, I, I, it was such a toxic environment. I was like, I cannot stay here. I cannot keep doing this job because if I do, I'm going to start acting like all these people in this newsroom or I'm going to be the big story on Action News. So I got to get out of here. So literally, I, I left my dream job when I was 26 years old and I started my business in the basement of my house. But what I realized was I was very young when I started my business and because of that, that was actually a good thing because it made me a voracious reader. It made me a student of business. Like I wasn't so arrogant at 26 to think that, oh, you know, I got this. I, you know, I knew everything. I did not think that, thank goodness. And so I turned myself into sort of like the ultimate student of entrepreneurship. I also made it my business to find everyone in the Philadelphia area that could help me with my business. I made sure I went and met them and introduced myself to them and took courses. I, you know, I went through the self-employment assistance program. I went through the Prudential Young Entrepreneurs Training Program. I, I went to the Enterprise Center. They had a business incubator there and signed up for their programming. And, you know, I mean, I literally was like, okay, anybody teaching business, I want to know about it. You know, business plan course, leadership course, negotiation course, whatever. I, I made sure that I took it because I knew that I knew how to do my craft. I didn't know how to run a business. And because of that, I was like, I got to make sure I learn as much as I can. But after seven years, I had been you know, pretty successful. I mean, I actually, at that time, when I got pregnant with my son, I had the largest woman-owned video production company in the city of Philadelphia. I had made the Philly 100 list, which is like the mini Inc. 5000 list in Philadelphia. I was number 29 on the list. My, you know, my then husband was able to leave his full-time job at GE and join our business full-time. You know, so we were doing okay, but it wasn't like we weren't still making mistakes. We were, we were wasting money. We were, you know, hiring the wrong kind of insurance company. I mean, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And I was like, wow, there's no one out here giving people small business advice on any kind of regular consistent basis in media. And I wonder if I could do that. And literally I started thinking about it. And, but also too, whenever I get a, a glimmer of an idea, one of the practices that I have is I believe in praying over things. And literally, you know, my business was in shambles. I had these notes I had taken, you know, I was pregnant, I was about to birth this baby. And I was like, okay, what is it that I am supposed to do next? And literally, I went and I had lunch with my pastor. And he was like, well, you know, have you been praying about it? And I was ashamed to tell him that I hadn't been. But of course, I knew I needed to. And, and literally, I started praying over my situation and, and asking God sort of like, well, what is next for me? I knew I couldn't continue working like I had been working because I was having a baby. But I also, you know, wasn't sure I loved my business like that anymore. And I literally started praying. And, and, and after about two, two and a half months, God gave me a vision and a dream three times. 
to become America's number one small business expert. And I didn't recognize it at first. It's not like he called me on the phone and said, hey, Melinda, here's what I need you to do. You know, God spoke to me through a vision and in my dreams and literally, and, and it wasn't until the third time he showed it to me that I finally got it, believe it or not. And once he, once I did get it though, I was like, Oh, okay. And then I started looking at people like Susie Orman and, and looking at people like Gene Chasky very differently. I started looking at them and trying to understand what their business model was. I started looking at them and looking at how they were launching things and how they had built their brands and, you know, looking at one of the things I noticed was both of them had books and had multiple books and stuff like that. So I was like, ah, well, I had a journalism degree, fortunately. So writing a book was daunting, but not really scary. It was like, okay, I got I to gotta get some time to do this. But, but the other thing was they were both very consistent about who they were in, in, in the marketplace. And I was like, well, if I'm going to, you know, be a small business expert, that's what I'm going to have to be everywhere and be consistent with it. And so the first thing I did after I had my son and he was born healthy and strong, thank goodness, I got him to his first birthday and I didn't permanently maim him in any way. And after that, I was like, okay, let me go back to my yellow rule pads that I had been working on while I was pregnant and went back through the pages even and got my ideas. And I was like, you know what? I think I can turn this long list of mistakes that I made in my business into my first book. And actually, that is exactly what happened. My first book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, which is, praise God, been in print almost 10 years now. That was born out of my bed rest. That was born out of that monster long list I made of mistakes. And I was like, wow, you know, people need business advice. People need to know what potholes are out here waiting for them. And so in 2008, I got a book deal. My, my book, Becoming Our Boss in 12 Months, was due to my publisher September 1st, 2008. But ironically, that was also the year of the Great Recession, right? So my book was due September 1st, 2008. The Great Recession happened I think it was like September 14th, 2008. And I'll never forget it because my wonderful editor, Peter, called me on the phone and he said, listen, Melinda, I want to thank you for being a first-time author that actually turns your book in on time. But due to the recession, due to the fact that all these people are losing their jobs, we don't think anyone's thinking about entrepreneurship right now. So we're actually going to shelf your book. And I said, shelf my book? What do you mean? And he literally said, um, we're not going to publish your book until March of 2010 because we want to release your book in a more what they call favorable book environment. And I was absolutely devastated. Like I was like, what are you talking about, Willis? What do you mean you're going to shelf my book? And he was just like, well, Melinda, you know, the editorial board just thinks this isn't the right time. And I was so outdone because I had worked like an animal, of course, to get that book done. I literally had gotten up at 5 to 7 a.m. every day for months to work on that book. And, you know, the last two weeks that that book was, you know, had to be finished, my husband took my son and they went away for, you know, seven, 10 days, leave me in the house by myself so I could finish and get it done on time. And, and I was like, these people were throwing me under the bus. What am I going to do? And 
I'm a member of the National Speakers Association and I went to the, our meeting was like right after this happened and I was telling people, you know, my sad story, what happened to me. And there was a woman that was at the meeting that night and her name was Laura Stack and she's actually a very famous productivity writer and, and expert. And she said, you know what, Melinda, if I was you, I'd get a publicist and start publicizing that book like it's coming out anyway. And I was like, really? And she was like, no, I'm dead serious. You got 18 months to get your act together. So get you a publicist and start publicizing that book like it is coming out next week. And I'm like, I, I wasn't sure about her advice, but I thought, ah, I don't know. And then another friend that was, that was at the meeting that night, he leaned over and whispered to me. He said, actually, I know somebody. I know a publicist who actually knows social media. I think she'd be perfect for you to work with. And this woman's name was Kathy Larkin and he did an email introduction to me and her and I called her up and, you know, told her my sad story. And she said, Melinda, Bill Gates said if he had $5 left in the world, he would spend three on PR. So how much you got? <laughs> and I, literally, I think I had, you know, a thousand dollars that I could even come close to spending. And she said, all right, I won't even charge you that much. She said, why don't we work on a plan to get you started on social media and then we'll go from there. And she said, and I know exactly what we're going to do. And I said, well, what are we going to do? Cause literally I was just dejected and sad and disappointed by this entire experience. So I didn't even have the best attitude when I was dealing with her. And she said, look, she said, we're going to go out on Twitter and build your brand. And you guys, this was 2008. So I literally said to her, what is Twitter? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll teach you how to use Twitter. And, you know, we just got to get you on there. And I think that's going to be the right platform for you to build your, 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 your author platform. And again, this is 2008. People weren't using the word author platform. I didn't even know what she was talking about. And so Finally, the day came for her to teach me how to use Twitter and I got on my computer on the phone and she was on her computer and she told me to go to twitter.com and log in with my name, Melinda Emerson. And I put my name in the little box and I got this notice back. This name is already taken. Now, I want to tell you guys, in 2008, for my name, Melinda Emerson, to already be taken on Twitter was pretty ridiculous because I probably have met six Melinda's adult, like my age or older in my whole life. So the fact that there was another Melinda Emerson then that that heifer had gotten to Twitter before me was completely ridiculous. So I got to tell you, I was furious, but my publicist thought it was hilarious. So she said, well, why don't we go over on Facebook and find out how many Melinda Emerson's there are? And so literally we did, we went over to Facebook, come to find out there is actually seven <laughs> Melinda Emerson's. However, I'm the only black one. <laughs> and I also owned MelindaEmerson.com. So even though there were other Melinda Emerson's, she told me that I was going to be the most famous Melinda Emerson. I said, okay, great. But what are we going to do about Twitter? And she said, well, we got to come up with a nickname for you. And I said, a nickname? What do you mean? Like Mindy or Melly Mel or something? And she said, no, fool, you're not a rapper. I'm not going to give you a name like that. So then I sat there looking at her. It was like, okay, fine. So she said, why don't we brainstorm some stuff? And I was like, okay. And she said, how about small biz guru? And I said, small biz guru, I don't 
don't like it. I don't think it's for me to call myself a guru. She said, okay, okay. Well, what about small biz expert? And I was like, again, that feels a little bit obnoxious. I don't really want to call myself small biz expert. And then she said, well, how about small biz lady? And I thought, hmm, I think I can be her. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is how I became small biz lady. But let me tell you what happened after I became small biz lady. Well, the one beautiful thing about Twitter, especially back in the day, was that you could only use 140 characters at most. And really, the rule of thumb was you needed to use 120 characters to give people room to retweet so you could use a hashtag. And so I had an assignment. She gave me an assignment every day. She told me that I was to find a helpful article, small business article written by somebody else and share it every day. She also told me to share something personal about myself. Well, you guys remember I had a one-year-old, you know, when we were doing all of this. So I would tweet something like, you know, had to act like an ape to get Jojo to eat a banana this morning. And then I answered somebody's small business question every day. And I did this for at least a year. Honestly, I worked Twitter like a job. And then about six, eight weeks after I got on Twitter as the small biz lady, I noticed that people were doing tweet chats. And so I noticed that there was a, a, a small business chat some people were doing. And I, you know, went and introduced myself to them and found out what their email address was and sent them an email and said, hey, you know, I'm the small biz lady. I'd love to be involved with your small biz chat. If you guys are ever looking for a co-host or something, you know, I'd love to, you know, help you guys out. And they politely sent me back an email saying, no, thanks. Kick rocks. <laughs> so I decided to create small biz chat my own chat and my own hashtag and my own chat. And what these good old folks didn't know about me was that I was a former television producer and I knew how to produce a live show professionally on and off the air. So that's what I did. I created Small Biz Chat, a one hour show every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And that is how Small Biz Chat was born. And it's been, gosh, well over 10 years now that we've been doing Small Biz Chat every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And that is how the Small Biz Chat podcast is born. Because for years, people have been saying, you know, you do so many great interviews on Twitter. It would be wonderful to be able to listen to a podcast. So we got to give the people what they want, right? So that is why now I'm so excited to be launching the Small Biz Chat podcast. But I had to tell you that whole story so that you would know how I became the small biz lady, and how Small Biz Chat was created. So I'm going to leave you with this action point. And every single podcast I do, I'm always going to leave you with an action point for the week. So here's what it is this time. I want you to figure out what your calling is and then be ready to do the work. Because if you want fame, fame costs, but you will pay. And you're going to pay with your time initially. But listen, the reward is well worth it. I am Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and you are listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. If you want more information about how to start and grow a successful small business, head on over to my website, succeedasyourownboss.com. I have thousands of articles on how to start or grow a successful small business. I'm sure you can find what you need there. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. 
For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.